Welcome to the Life and Mission Podcast. This is episode 40 with my guest, Kristen Ingram, the small biz mama. Kristen owns two businesses, a tax and consulting firm, digital media company, all kinds of stuff. I'm going to let her tell you all the gazillion things that she does. And she does it all in just a few hours a day, successfully, profitably, and she's teaching other women to do the same. Hey, Kristen, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me, Kay. I'm so excited to be here with you. That's great. Kristen, you are amazing. I love following what you're doing on all the socials. And, and you know, I just see you popping up here and there with great advice. And then I see, you know, family pictures. And I know that work-life balance is a, a big thing. And I know it's a big thing for a lot of our listeners. Can you tell us a little bit of all the things that you're doing? Okay. So, yeah. So I think it's funny because talking about work-life balance, I think when I tell people all the things I do, they're like, there's no way that she has balance. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to start off by saying, before I tell you all the things, that I don't work more than 25 to 30 hours a week. Okay. With all the things. That's awesome. So here's what I do. I teach full-time at a university. I teach uh, tax to graduate and undergraduate students. I have a CPA firm where I have clients all over the country. I do tax and consulting work primarily for online businesses. I have a course um, called Bookkeeper Training School, which we have almost 250 students in now. I'm also a mom of a little. He's two. His name's Eric. My husband, Jeff is with me as well. And we kind of, we, um, we're both at home. So we kind of trade off on, on child raising, um, which is so cool. It's so fun that we, we get to do that together. And uh, I also have a site called accounting and focus where I provide accounting tutorials for college students who are taking accounting courses. So we do a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you do. And, and, you know, when I think accounting, of course, right then, you know, mind blown right then. So I'm thinking that's a lot of concentration and everything has to be exact. And then you've, you've got so many things going on. But one of the things you're doing as well as you've got the small biz mama, right? You've got your own podcast, which guys check it out. It's, I mean, your episodes are like 15 minutes, right? Yeah. We try to keep them super short. Yeah. Cause they're mamas. Right. And so like, I want it to be something you can listen to in the shower. You can listen to when you're doing the dishes, you know? Yeah. And you've got this great kind of like a, a mantra, you know, is like, you know, we are busy mamas who love our kids and would do any from them. We are the home-based business that make this country move. I mean, and it goes on. I love it. So let, let's kind of start with the mom. And, and grow into kind of how that works with the business, because I, kn- I just know that's going to be the number one question. So let's start there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the, the biggest thing is to be realistic mm-hmm. about the time that you have. So, you know, I, I think that there are a lot of moms out there that they want to start a business and they get into it and realize that this is a full-time job how am I going to balance that with my kids? And so 
the reason that I'm able to do as much as I do is because I automate as much as I possibly can. I delegate a lot. You know, I say no a lot. And I'm really focused on how many hours I have in the day to actually get work done. And right now with my current schedule, I'm at about four and a half hours a day that I've got for work. And some of those hours are what I kind of, what I refer to as unfocused hours where, you know, my phone is ringing a lot. My email is dinging a lot. Eric is going, mama, 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 mama. And so I have to divide my to-do list into my focus time and my unfocused time, right? So there's, you know, and if you have kids, you know that there's times where you might be able to like respond to some emails while your kids are talking to you in the background, right? Or maybe you're cooking dinner and you're able to read an article that might help you be a better business owner. Those are my unfocused tasks and I keep those separate. And then, you know, my really focused time in the morning, I make sure I'm not checking email during that time. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, on Facebook during that time. You know, I'm, I'm really dialed in to what I need to do during those hours because there aren't that many of them. Yeah. So don't fritter away your time that you do have doing those kind of scattered things that you can do when you don't need to focus to do those tasks. That's great. I know I do a lot of learning with podcasts. And, and so, you know, you can take that anyway. That's a great errand running thing or doing other things thing, you know? Yeah, Um, absolutely. And that's not just for, for moms either. It's for dads, for anybody. I mean, we're all, I mean, I think a lot of people are dealing with this for the first time now in the middle of this coronavirus uh, stay at home time. And, and people are seeing how hard it is, but also I think there's a lot of people discovering how really wonderful it can be. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. So I, I retired my husband at the beginning of 2017. So we're basically, we're running about, you know, three years that we've been doing this together full time. And um, it was, it was actually funny because we made the decision to, to bring him home. And my husband and I had been together for, at that point, we had been together for 16 years. And we didn't think we could have kids. You know, we just thought it was the two of us. So we were kind of building this business as like a a travel, you know, we were going to travel and speak. And, you know, I think I spoke at launch out three times that, that in 2016 and he left his job and we think we got pregnant like that week. (laughs) And so it completely changed our entire plan. Right. Because I'm like, well, I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to be traveling and we're, you know, we've got to, you know, we have a baby coming. So, um, but it, it, we had to pivot and change the, the trajectory of our business and where we were going with it. But it's, it's awesome. Like to be able to go and have lunch with them every day and, you know, to be there when my son wakes up from his nap and have breakfast. And, you know, I, I, I talked to all these people that like, they're constantly running. Mm-hmm. You know, and even now, like with the, with the pandemic, cause they have to get to their desk at a certain time, you know, to start the day and they're trying to homeschool and work and, and it's like, we don't, we don't have that rush in our lives, you know, yeah. and it's, it's such a wonderful blessing to just be able to be. 
Yes, it, it truly is. I remember years ago, I had a job interview and it was, uh, it turned out to be a two and a half hour drive. It shouldn't have been, but the traffic, and that was typical traffic. There wasn't anything wrong. It was just, that was normal traffic for that distance, for that, that specific place I was going. By the time I got to the interview, I had decided I didn't want the job. <laughs> I was like, yeah, practice interview, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is going to be five hours of my day in commuting. I think about the impact on the family. Wow. No, I can't. I just can't. Yeah, that's not that's not doable. And and I think a lot of times, you know, we forget when we're trying to calculate like you know, cuz when I when I talk to moms and they say, you know, I'm interested in being a bookkeeper, but you know, I need to make this much money. And when I say, "Okay, well, how much do you pay for your work clothes? How much do you pay for commuting? How much time do you lose for commuting? How much do you spend on fast food because you're busy?" How much do you spend? I mean, it was funny because one of the things I keep hearing from people is I can't believe how much money I spent eating out because they're not doing it anymore. Right. But when you add up and then daycare. Yeah. Like the average family spends $13,000 a year on daycare for one child. One. Wow. That's craziness. So when you start to add it all up, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people are realizing I'm not even making any money working. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's so expensive to go out and then the time lost. And, and so when we start to kind of dig into those numbers with people, they realize that they don't have to work as much as they thought if they work really smart and they cut back on those costs for working. And the stress level goes down, Mm -hmm. which is huge. So I have followed you recently as you launched a new thing and that was your bookkeeper training school. And, and it's for the the moms that you're talking about right there, right. That are making that switch and saying, okay, I do. I want to, I want to try and figure out a way to stay home. Now, what can I do? So tell me about the bookkeeper training school and how you came to do that. So it was, it was actually about a year ago, I was at my semi-annual mastermind meeting. So I'm in Julie Stoyan's mastermind group. It's called Digital Insiders. And she has business owners from, from all over the world that descend on Hartford, Connecticut twice a year. And um, so, you know, I'm known, I'm the CPA in the group, right? So everybody's coming up to me asking me about bookkeepers, And I didn't have anybody that I trusted enough to refer out to people. And then we were on our way home one of the nights of the, the mastermind and I'm going through my Facebook feed and there was a woman talking about how she was crying in the parking lot of her son's daycare because she was dropping him off for the first time at six weeks old because she had to go back to work. And it's like, I never had to experience that with my son, you know, because we've, we've always been home with him and and both of us have been home with him. And it just kind of clicked. Like, what if, you know, I've been teaching small business owners how to do bookkeeping for almost 20 years. Right. And it's, it's your, you know, your average person. And a lot of times I'm teaching the wives, Right. So somebody has a landscaping business or an electrical business and their wives are doing the bookkeeping at night. Right. And so I've been doing this for 20 years. 
And so I thought to myself, what if I can teach these moms how to be bookkeepers the way I taught, you know, cause I've even taught Jeff how to do this for our business, but he does a lot of our bookkeeping during tax season for my clients. So I said, all right, what if we teach them the system that we put together, which is highly automated, very quick and really, really profitable. You know, you could make a full-time income while your kids are napping. And that's how, that's how bookkeeper training school was born. And that's really, that's, that's like our tagline. You know, we help moms create a full-time income while their kids are napping. Now we have, I have former college students, you know, of mine in the group. We have dads in the group. We have retirees in the group because the message of creating a full-time income, you know, everybody knows that kids don't nap very long, you know, what, maybe two hours a day. If that. And so if I can create an income in two hours a day, mm-hmm. like everybody kind of, you know, understands, you know, what that, what that means. And so that's where bookkeeper training school kind of where we got the idea. It's funny because I've been in Julie's mastermind for, it had been two years at that point. And every six months I'd come in and be like, look, I came up with this idea. And she's like, nope, that's not it. And I'd be like, okay, what about this? And she's like, nope, that's not it. And so we came back the next day and it was actually my, it was my turn, right, to go. And I said, okay, I've come up with this thing called Bookkeeper Training School and I'm going to teach moms how to create a full-time income while their kids are napping. And she went, that, go make that, go do that, like right now, go, go do that. So we launched it in July, Mm -hmm. just to like, I just kind of posted it on my wall and said, hey, I'm going to build this course. Do you want to come with me? Um, And so we had 40 people sign up. Oh, that's great. We the, yeah, we built the course. We launched it again in January and we had over 175 people join. Boom. Oh, that's awesome. So it was, it was a, a great launch. We have a great group of folks in the group. Like I said, I've got young moms. I've got older moms. I have people who are fur moms. I've got people that, you know, I've got dads. I've got retirees. I've got college students. So I really target moms, but we brought in a really diverse group of people um, into the group. And it's just, it's, it's a blast. I do a live call with them every week and answer all their questions. And it's just, it's like the highlight of my week to do that with them. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And then now when somebody asks you who you're going to refer, you've got, you know, over 200 people now that you can refer them out to. That is huge. Yeah. And if, if anyone in your audience needs a bookkeeper, they can go to smallbizmama.com and they can, they can get, uh, they can hire a, a bookkeeper right from there. All right. Did y'all hear that? You need a bookkeeper. Now you know where to go. Yep. Smallbizmama.com. Right. Smallbizmama.com. And I'll also have that link in the show notes. Awesome. So you can find that. You know, another part of our listeners are also saying, well, I want to create a course. And, you know, you had a launch and you got 40 people. And I, I talked to somebody the other day, uh, wasn't talking, you know, Facebook conversation when they were saying, I only had two people sign up. And the person leading the conversation said, great, teach those two people everything you know, and then launch it again. And, but starting with 40, that's why I said, wow, that's awesome. That actually is a really good launch. And yeah. then you multiply it, of course, at, as you keep going. And I think that fear of what if I launch something and nobody shows up? That's a huge fear among, I think, every online entrepreneur, especially people stepping into this space for the first time. 
what what do you do and and I'm not talking like tactics but just in general how do you prepare people to to say yes once you have found that thing hmm. or maybe it's finding the thing is the key I don't, but if you could speak to that yeah so you know, I think what happens a lot of times and this happened with us is that you come up with an idea mm-hmm. And you say, okay, this is the thing. And then you create it and you launch it to the world. And then if only two people buy or one person buys, and, and I had this happen before. We tried to launch a tax course a couple of years ago for small business owners. I had one person buy. And I said, okay, this is not the thing, right? This is not the thing. So the I think the biggest thing is not to get too attached to your idea. Yeah. Okay. And don't build it. So if you're going to launch a course mm-hmm. that's any, you know, anything more than like two or $300, don't build it first, sell it first. And the first time you sell it, we did this with bookkeeper training school. Mm-hmm. The first time we sold it, we told people, here's the schedule. This is how we're going to release the content, but I haven't built it yet. And so we were completely upfront with people and we sold it for a significant discount because we were building the courses. They took it and, and we sold it. Mm-hmm. And I talked about it for a week, you know, and we had, we did the whole open cart. We did a sales page, you know, but we treated it like it was a launch. And, and I think what happens a lot of times with people who are building courses or selling any sort of, any sort of product for the first time, like I see this with authors all the time. Mm-hmm. I wrote a book. Look buy my book and you never hear from them again. Right. And they're like, I don't understand why nobody bought my book or bought my course or bought my thing. Yeah. You have to talk about it all the time, yeah. all the time. I am so tired. I had this conversation with somebody about, about a week ago that they were selling an online service and they're like, well, I don't know how to get people to sign up. I'm like, you talk about it all the time, all the time. I go live every single day on my Facebook page, right? And I chit chat with my followers and I mention bookkeeper training school, or I talk about a book, or I talk about something that we're doing mm-hmm. every single day. Right. We email multiple times a week. Yes. We post multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. And, and what, you know, what one of my, my mentors told me is if they're not sick of your face, you're not live enough. You're not out there enough. If you're not getting unsubscribes from your list, you're not emailing enough. Ooh, yeah. Okay. The, the, the goal is not to keep everybody on the list. The goal is to get the, the non-buyers off the list. Yes. Right? And so when, when I got that, when I really started to think about it that way, right, is you don't want people that are in eh about you to follow you. You want raving fans to follow you. Yeah. Right. So if you think about like, think about like your favorite celebrity or your favorite preacher or your, you know, your favorite person to listen to, there is not enough content that that person could put out to make you happy. Right. Like I'm like that with Brenda Burchard. There is not enough content that that man can put out to make me happy. That's who you want to be for your followers. You want to be that person. There's not that they're like, oh my God, she's live. Oh my God, he's live. I got to go watch it. Yeah. They're going to turn on the notification. Oh my God, there's a new podcast. Let me go get it. Yeah. 
right? You want to be that person for people. You don't want to be the, well, I'm going to put stuff out every once in a while. And then I got to apologize because I haven't emailed for three months and you don't want to be that person. Right. Right. You want to have like the raving fans and that's, that's how you do it. You have to be out there. Those are people who make money selling. Yes. Yes. Of course, you know, the next question is, okay, if I've got a post every now that now the pressure again, right. But what do I say? What do I do, you know, to create all of this content? I think that also is the next, the next terrifying wave that washes over uh, an online entrepreneur. So we have, um, so we use Slack in our business, Mm -hmm. Um, but you could do it in a notebook or, you know, I I have, um, you know, I have this big like mixed media notebook on my desk. I have a planner that I carry around with me. I've got Evernote on my phone. Anytime I have an idea for something, Mm -hmm. I write it down. Because I think during the day we have lots and lots of ideas, but then the moment we want to post or the moment we want to email or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. we can't remember what, what to say. Right. So if I keep a running list of what I want to talk about and, and it could be, you know, I think sometimes we think that we have to talk about our topic all the time. Yeah. And people want to do business with people they like and trust. Yes. And they cannot learn to trust you if you don't let them behind the scenes a little bit. Right. So, you know, a lot of what I'm posting on Instagram is pictures of my son and pictures of my family. And Hey, I went out for a walk and Oh, look, it's cloudy, but I'm still out here. You know, Hey, look, I'm doing an interview with Kate today. (laughs) You know, it's, I think we overthink it a lot. Right. And I think that it's, It's really important to understand that you're not doing this content for you. You're doing it for, you know, for your fault. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, you know, when I, I think especially men have this issue that they're like, well, I wouldn't look at that. I wouldn't want to watch that. I'm like, yeah, but lots of people do. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's not about what you like. It's about what your audience likes. Yes. Yes. That's a, that was a really hard one for, and I'm still learning that one. You know, and part of it is I just do the things I like, but I also need to do the things, you know, that especially what do my audience love? Guys, tell me, what do you love? Give us more of fill in the blank for me (laughs) and you'll get it. (laughs) You know, and it's really funny because I think so for if you are going to launch a course, okay, or you're going to launch anything, Mm -hmm. the best thing that you can do. And I got so much response to this when I sent it out. You send out a very short email, right? And this is kind of the beginning of like, ooh, what's she doing? You know, what's he doing? Very short email. Hi, I'm working on a course about blank. Mm -hmm. If I had to put one thing in that course for you, what would it be? And I, I will tell you, I had so many people who wrote back to me on that. And that really helped us figure out what needed to be in bookkeeper training school. Yes. And it was interesting because a lot of the answers had nothing to do with bookkeeping. Like, I don't know how to run a business. I don't know how to market. I don't know how to manage my time. I don't know how to manage my money. And so we built all of these bonuses around bookkeeper training school to deal with all of those things. Yeah. So ask, ask what they want. 
Yeah. And you have to have that whole package. And that's one reason I wanted to have you on. I mean, I know you're a CPA and, and I like, I could ask you a lot of accounting questions and I could ask you a lot of bookkeeping questions, but you launched a course based on the thing that you know, backwards and forwards and the things that are obvious. I think Brian Dixon, he's going to be my guest in a couple of weeks. Um, he always says the thing that's obvious to you is like a, a miracle to somebody else, you know? And so we, we, as creators, we have the, the curse of knowledge, right? We know everything. So we don't think there's any, a lot that we can talk about. Right. So all of those things around the things that people really have the questions about, you know, they don't know to ask for the things that we're thinking about teaching. Right. The expert kind of things, you know, they, they expect all that to come. They expect to run into things that they don't know about. But then the other stuff is the really scary stuff that, that keeps the, around it, that keeps them from doing it. I talked to so many writers that want to get their word out about their book, but they have no idea how to do it. And they get stuck on, I don't know how to build a website. Right. You know, or I don't know how to schedule my posts. Well, okay. You can learn that. So that's one reason I wanted you to come in and, and talk actually about creating a course. Be, because, you know, what, so, so think about it. If you're listening, think, just what is it that you know that people ask you about? Right. And, and I was, it's funny because my, um, so when I teach my undergraduate tax course mm-hmm. at the university, the, the last class, because mo- my students all know that I do all this online stuff and I make money online and, and they really want to know how to do this. Mm-hmm. So the last night of class, I say, okay, you know, if you're not interested in this, you can leave, but everybody who wants to stay. And I teach them like the pillars of online business. And, and that's what I tell them. Like there is something that you know how to do that enough of the population does not know how to do that. They would pay you for it. Yeah. You know, so find out what is that thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and go out and do that. Yeah. And I think the other thing that gets in our way is we think we have to have you know, a thousand people taking our course for it to, you know, help us make a living or for it to be successful. I'm making air quotes, but you really only need what you need. I mean, you figure out what, what do you need to charge for it? What's the value of, of what you're teaching? Right. And, and how many people do you need to sign out? And I think that that number is a lot smaller than a lot of us think it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, just run the numbers. Yeah. If my course is, was this much, how much will I make if I have a hundred people or 200 people, right? Or 500 people. Yep. And, you know, I think, I think that the biggest mistake that I made, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs make this, um, do, do something. I, I don't care what it is. Go, go drive for Uber. I don't care. Go do something and save up some money mm-hmm. and run ads. Once you know that you have a course that people want, right? So you use, use your small audience, build your course off their feedback. Mm-hmm. And then once you have that, run ads on Facebook. Because we, we could not have done as well as we did mm-hmm. without running an ad campaign. Yeah. You know, so like we got the initial 40 in July just off my own thing. And we've got some other people who bought, you know, over the, the six months until the year um, ended. And then we sunk some money into ads. 
we got 6,500 people on our email list oh. running ads. We got 3,500 people in a Facebook group running ads. Mm-hmm. And we got 175 people to sign up for our course. That's awesome. And it's like, you know, it can take forever to organically build an audience. Yes. At, at some point, if you want to reach new people and really, really scale, you have to run ads. Yes. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. My dad used to always tell the story of a, a CEO riding with a young up and coming executive on, and they were in a train and the, the young guy really wanted to make an impression on the CEO. And so he's like, I got this idea. We can, we can boost profits if we, if we cut costs and we wanted to cut the marketing and, and, and the CEO, you know, sees yeah the guys, okay, the guy's young. He doesn't know. So he's going to teach him. And he says, all right, do you think, do you think this train's going fast enough? Yeah. Yeah. It's going, it's a good speed. You know, is it, are we going to, are we going in the right direction and, and at a good pace? Yeah, it's great. Okay. Well, let's toss the engine. Let's, we don't need the engine anymore. Right. No, we need the engine, but it's the same. That, that was my great marketing lesson. I think as a teenager that I got from my dad and it's still, that's the one I go back to. You have to have Mark. I don't care what you do. You absolutely have to have marketing. You're so right about that. And, and have, realistic expectations, do some research on what realistic conversion rates look like. Mm -hmm. Because I, I really believe, you know, there, so this is, this is really down and dirty, but like for, for us to acquire a new buyer for bookkeeper training school, it costs us about $50, Mm -hmm. right? So if you think that you're going to spend $20 in ads on Facebook and get 80 people to to buy your thing, that's not going to happen. Right. That was one thing that was really eye-opening for me because I've been doing this online thing for like 12 years mm-hmm. to, to figure out, you know, what are realistic numbers for people opting in, for people watching and buying. And it's really important. And you can do research and there are people that talk about this online that are going to give you that information. Right. But really understand what's realistic before you throw in the towel mm-hmm. because the, the numbers are a lot lower than you think they are. You know, I think most people think like, okay, if I put up an opt-in and I put up a free thing, 90% of people that land on the page are going to sign up for it. No, no. If you're getting 50%, you're doing really, really well. Yeah, that is good. Right? So you have to be realistic about how many people you have to get into the, you know, the top of your, your sales process to get the number of sales that you want. Right. Really, really important. And that's just the realities of, of business. I mean, that's whether you're in, in a walk-in store, you know, a physical place or, or online, not everybody's going to buy everything. Not everybody's going to follow the process like you want them to do that. And if you, if you can get an idea of what those numbers are, it'll lower your stress level and really inform your actions and you can take the smart actions. Yeah. Well, I would say that's my business, my, my bookkeepers too. Like, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't get any new clients this week. I'm like, well, how many business owners did you talk to? Like two. Okay. We need to do more than two. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're gonna, you're always gonna have people who say no. And so the thing I push my bookkeepers to do is to get an answer. Yes. You know, yes is best. 
no is awesome. No answer is not good. Right. Right. So we just want to have a definitive answer. You're going to hire me or not. Yes or no. And, and keep moving forward. Yes. Right. And so in any sort of sales process, you need to talk to way more people than you think you're going to need to. And, and keep showing up. You know, we talked earlier about all the content, creating all the content and being there until you think everybody's sick of you. But that was a big part of even you getting that first 40 in your course and and building that whole thing. That was part of the success was you were showing up long before you ever had the idea. So don't wait for the idea. Just show up with what you've got. Because you, you've built, you have authority. Like if somebody has an accounting question, I'm going to send them to you. Mm-hmm. So you're actually this great go-to resource. You become the authority. How do you become the person that people send people to you? So I think for me, it was, I mean, like I said, I've, I've been doing the online thing for like 12 years, mm-hmm. right? And so... One of my online pet peeves, okay, and and I I tell my bookkeepers this, if people ask a question online Mm -hmm. and you can give a short answer, do it. Because one thing that drives me crazy is when you have people that say PM me Mm -hmm. or I'll PM you. Because typically when those posts are in a big group of people, Mm-hmm. right? And you, po- you know, there's all these other accounts that go, oh, PM me. Oh, I'll help you. And I just put in the answer. Oh, this is what you should do. Or this is what my clients do. Or, you know, this is what I generally recommend. But remember, that might not be the answer for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. And you kind of put that little disclaimer in there. What I find is that people, there are other people will read that post and reach out to you. Yeah. Right. Because they're like, oh, wow, she gave the answer you know, she's really helpful. Mm-hmm. And so you become like the de facto authority in that area. Mm-hmm. And so I found like, sometimes I'll respond to a post like that and I'll have seven or eight people, not the original poster, contact me for a consult. Yeah. So you may get, you know, if you do the OPM oh, me thing or I'll PM you, you might get one person to react. But if you're genuine with your attitude, you freely help people, you're going to, it's going to come back to you tenfold. Yeah. And so that, that's always been my advice online. And I've been doing that for 10 years. One of the things I did is when the, when all of the SBA loans started and EIDL and PPP and all the acronyms, I was out there all the time. Hey, this is what's going on with the loans. This is how you apply. This is how you do this. And, and I've, I've had other people reach out to me to talk to their groups. And so like, we're, we're kind of estimating that I've probably reached about 5,000 businesses just through organic reach online. Yeah. Wow. And so that's really, really cool. Yeah. You know, to do that. And when you, when you keep spreading it out there, you just, you just keep showing up. That's what we keep saying. Keep showing up and build that thing. It's, it's that no like, and trust. So the other people that are, that are P, saying PM me, they're trying to jump straight to a sale and they haven't built the no like, and trust. They haven't let people get to know them. They haven't given them a reason to like them. And they haven't shown their value yet. Exactly. And, and so it's kind of like the whole dating thing, you know, <laughs> it's like 
no, <laughs> you do not jump ahead. <laughs> so, right. So yeah, that's huge. That's huge. What, okay, you know, because we're, we're coming to the end and I, I just, I always want to give people, if you're listening and you're saying, oh my gosh, this is great. I, I'm, I've got some ideas rolling around right now, but I don't know how to get started. What's, what's the first thing people need to do to get started if they think, think oh, I have, I have something I can start to do online? So I think the first thing is to start talking about the topic online mm-hmm. and see what kind of traction you get. And when you do that, So let's say that you start a Facebook page and you start talking about your thing, Mm -hmm. share it out on your personal profile, right? Share it out in other places because I think sometimes we put things out there and we're like, oh, it was crickets. I'm done. I'm done. You have to do it. Right. Show up on a regular basis, talk about your topic and see if you can, you know, see if you can generate some traction, Mm -hmm. but give it, give it two months. Mm-hmm. Going out on a regular basis, you know, pretty much daily talking about your thing and introducing yourself to people and getting out there and see what happens. Yeah. But it is, Rome was not built in a day and this won't be either. Right. Be patient. Yes. And like you said earlier, you kept coming back to your mastermind group. Is this it? Is this it? I've got a great idea. Keep doing that because your, yeah. your people will tell you if it's it or not. Yeah. And you'll know. So Kristen, thank you so, so much. I think you've helped a lot of people today as you, that's, I mean, that's what I know you for doing as, as we close, just tell us again, how people can get a hold of you, because if they need accounting, they need to go to you. And if uh, they need bookkeeping school, they need to go to you. uh, And then we'll have some other resources as well. So smallbizmama.com is the best place to reach us. You can find our podcast there. You can hire a bookkeeper. You can become a bookkeeper. Um, you can connect to all of my social channels, smallbizmama.com. If you enjoyed the, the show, it would mean a lot to me if you'd share it with somebody. The show notes and links to connect with Kristen and with me are at lifeandmission.com forward slash four zero. That's lifeandmission.com forward slash 40. Thanks for listening. This has been the Life and Mission Podcast, and I'm your host, Kay Helm. Hey, find your voice, tell your story, change the world. You can do it. Hey, it's Kay here. There's one big truth about fundraising that people do not tell you when you start out. And that is, if you struggle to tell stories, you will struggle to raise funds. But what kinds of stories do you tell? How do you tell them? Where do you find them? How do you put them together? And how do you do all that while you're running your ministry, while you're doing all the work and all the things that you have to do? It does not have to be overwhelming. This is my good news. And also, I want you to hear this. Fundraising is not just about asking for money. Raising funds for your mission does not have to feel icky. Fundraising is really about relationships. 
It's about sharing stories with friends, and it's about being very clear about what it takes to accomplish great things together. I created the Mission Writers course to help you tell better stories, to know what stories to tell, when to tell them, how to tell them, where to find your stories. So go over to missionwriters.org. That's mission writers, like you're writing. Missionwriters.org has all the details on the course and on the group coaching program. So you have two options. And if you love a missionary or a nonprofit leader who needs this course, gift certificates are available. So check it out at missionwriters.org and let's make 2024 your best year ever. Ever.